0: Scaling Up Nation, if you've been following my favorite books, you know Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich is among them. In this book, he analyzed what successful people had in common and one of these commonalities that he noted was successful people meet with other successful people. He then coined that meeting a mastermind. Folks, life is too hard to do it alone and that is exactly what most of us are doing. Starting in early 2020, I will be launching our own mastermind called Rising Tide. The Rising Tide mastermind is made up of small groups of individuals with the focus on helping each other succeed. These groups will include weekly video calls designed to solve key issues, quarterly book discussions with action plans, quarterly one-to-ones with me, a live event, and so much more. I've personally been a member of a mastermind for years and I know how key being in a mastermind has been for my own success. And because of that, I know how key a group like this can be in your success. The Rising Tide Mastermind is currently accepting applications. We have very limited spots, so go to scalinguph2o.com forward slash mastermind to set up a 15-minute call with me to see if this is the key to your next level of success. Happy New Year, Scaling Up Nation. Can you believe it? It's 2020. Oh my goodness. It seems like just yesterday I was recording the first episode of 2019. Boy, did that year go by quickly. Well, folks, I'm sure you have heard something about the theme of 2020 being 2020 vision 2020 hindsight, 2020 planning, something like that. Everybody is getting on board with the 2020 vision theme about this year. So themes are great and so is a saying, but what are you going to do to help with what you said is important for you to do to get done? And that's really the point of today's show. We're going to use the entire show to get 2020 off right. We're going to look at last year and try to apply last year to this year and figure out some ways that we can be more effective with what we said was important for us to do this year. One of the books I'm going to bring up is Atomic Habits by James Clear, and he talks about habits are things that we do and they allow us to get done the results that we get. And if we're not happy with the results, we need to look at the things we're doing along the way. And the quote I'm actually going to mention from the book talks about how we start off. If we don't start off correctly, we're not going to get To the destination that we want. And the example that he uses is he talks about a plane taking off in Los Angeles flying to New York. And he says if the heading was off by just 3.5 degrees, that plane would miss New York and actually be more than 250 miles off and be right over D.C. So folks, three and a half degrees, probably nobody in the cockpit is going to notice that at LAX, but you better believe that they're going to notice it when they get to DC instead of New York. So my point is, let's make sure that we're starting off right, or the intended end that we were going for will never be reached. Now, a few times last month, I mentioned you all had homework, and that homework was looking at your wins and your losses for last year. So if you will get that information out, or if you remember what it was, put that in the front of your mind, and we're going to talk about that. First thing we're going to talk about are your wins. So what are the wins you had over the past year? And these are things like accomplishments, breakthroughs, successes, all the wins that you could think of. Now, what are the patterns or the themes that you can see based on those wins? What kept you going when things got tough in your life? What made working on those goals fun? And then, what were the synchronicities that you used? What were the habits, the things that you did time and time again that assisted you in getting those items completed? Now, what you're going to find there are certain patterns, things that life was teaching you that worked, that we are going to use for this year. But we're also going to look at the losses. And a lot of people don't like doing that, but I think there is a tremendous value in looking at the losses because that's life teaching you that something you were planning for did not work out the way you originally planned for it. And if we can figure out what the reason was for that not working out, we can use that to plan better next time. So what were your losses over the past year? Those are things like failures, disappointments, breakdowns, things that just didn't work out. Now, what are the patterns or themes that you can see around those? Was there something that did not make those items fun for you to work on? And did it fit in your regular day-to-day? So take a minute and examine all of those and see what life was teaching you. Here's the brutal fact. Most of us don't have a problem with planning. Most of us have an execution problem. We have a problem with execution. We spend time planning to get our goals accomplished and consider that a good plan, but then somehow things never get done. Well, Why is that? Well, most of us don't take account that life happens. And when life happens, it is going to change what we originally planned in our plan. So I believe it isn't the planning. The problem is we don't plan for life and we don't bring the plan into our life. All right, that was a whole bunch of words. What the heck is Trace talking about? A good plan at the time we make the plan is the best plan that we could have possibly made it. But... If we don't look at the things that life taught us, the things that we're trying to learn from our accomplishments and our losses from last year, we are not going to be able to put a better plan together. So one of the things I'm sure all of you are familiar with is an acronym that we use in planning called SMART. Now, SMART stands for Specific measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And this is a tool that's been around forever. I know I've taught people that I've worked with to use this tool, but I think that a lot of people don't understand the best way to actually use this tool. Let's start out with specific. Specific means you're going to state what you will do. You use action words and Something that I've noticed when I work with people is they do a really good job at the beginning, but then somehow it loses its meaning when it's not fresh in their mind. So several weeks later, they look at it and they can't remember the exact thing that they were going for. So what I like to tell people to do is state what it looks like when it's done. Make sure that you're using action words with that. And that should help you remember specifically what you are working on through the entire timeline that you're working on it. The next one is measurable. And this is how we provide a way to evaluate how well we are executing what we said we wanted to do in the specific statement. So this means we're actually using metrics. And these metrics are going to allow us to know if we're on target or we're not on target. Now, I'm gonna tell you a little bit later how a lot of these plans break down because if we get off target, we don't do anything to correct that. But i want to come back to that. The next item of SMART is achievable, and that's asking yourself, is the goal within your scope? Quite frankly, is it possible? Is it attainable? This is where we are bringing life into the mix. So say, for example, that you had a goal last year and for some reason it didn't get done. And now that you're looking at all of this, you realize that some of the items that were in your way that it did not get done was you were selling your house. You were moving to a new house. You were having a baby. The in-laws were visiting for an extended amount of time. You just got a promotion and you were coaching your son's soccer team. Well, if you did not account for all of those items, there's no wonder that you weren't able to get those things done. So when you're thinking about achievable, is the goal that you're going after achievable based on all the other things that you are dealing with in your life? And if it is, great. If it's not, we're going to deal with it. And folks, here's what a lot of people don't do in the achievable part. They do not think about the issues, the things that are going to get in their way. Think about those issues, brainstorm those. Think about all of the items that are going to get in your way and figure out if you can deal with them. If you can deal with them, Figure out how you're going to do that and then do that. If you can't solve the issues, then you're going to have to work with those issues. So what can you do knowing that you have these issues, but still get done what you want to get done? You might realize that it was too lofty of a goal. So if you were going to get whatever the goal was done within, let's say, a quarter, Maybe now you're going to extend that, and now you're just going to get a fraction of the goal. So 25% of the goal is what we're going to work on this quarter, and now that allows for all of those things that we just identified to happen, and we can still work on this goal. The next item of SMART is relevant. Does the goal make sense within your job function? Now, we can also add personal. With everything you got going on personally, does that make sense? Is that relevant as well? But when I talk with business people, we normally talk about, does it fit within your job function? For example, if I was in sales and I had some sort of goal to do something in accounts receivable, well, that doesn't make a lot of sense. So that might be a weird example, but I think you get the idea. We have to make sure that it logically fits where we sit at our office. The other question on relevant I like to ask is, does it improve the business in some way? So what's the next level that achieving this is going to either take me or take the business? And that's a good way to determine whether it's relevant or not. The last letter in SMART is T, and that stands for time bound. So this is we are stating when we are going to get that goal done. The way you want to do this is you want to have a specific date that you will have the item done. You write that down. And that's the date that you expect to get things done. Now, normally, that's where smart planning stops. And I have noticed that some people will get some items done and some people won't. So I started reading several books, many of which were last year. And there was one book that I read that I really thought addressed this. It was a book called The 13-Week Year. And again, the goal is many of us don't have a planning issue. Many of us have an execution issue. And that's exactly what the 13-week year dealt with. The specific thing the book dealt with was that a year was too long. It was just too long for us to get a hold of and make sure we were effective with that point in time. So here's the example. In January, if we have a goal that's due in December, if we're off, we're not really upset about it. Maybe February again, we're not too upset about it. But when December comes around and we see that we don't have a lot of days left to get this goal done, we're now working frantically on it. What they propose in the book is why not use that to our benefit? So they say split up your year into four 13-week years. So each and every 13 weeks, that's a quarter, by the way, you are going to pretty much treat it as the end of the year. So what am I going to do this year? Or in their language, what am I going to do in the next 13 weeks? That's going to be our goals. The other thing they say is we have to evaluate what we say we're going to do. We've identified all of those issues. Well, now we have to make sure that we really did solve those issues. So what they have in the 13-week year, and you don't need this matrix, but it does help. And by the way, if you want the book, you can go to an affiliate site we set up for Amazon. It's scalinguph2o.com forward slash 13. That's the number 13 week year. So forward slash 13 week year. Anyway, they have a template in there. And basically what they're having you do is write down everything you're going to do each and every week. Now, it's not as complicated as it sounds. So I'm not writing every one thing. I'm pretty much writing themes of what I'm going to do and what I'm going to achieve on week one, week two, week three, and so on. And a lot of those things repeat. Like it might mean I'm going to do three extra sales calls each and every week, and then that just follows through. So they don't have to be unique for each and every week. But we are going to evaluate how well we ended each and every week. Did we do what we said we needed to do by working backwards to achieve those goals? So we have what we said we were going to do week one. Did we do that? If we did great, if we just hit the target, we can move to week two, we can do exactly what week two said. If we overachieve the target, maybe we can adjust part of that, or we can just keep it knowing that we're going to complete it early. Now, let's say we did not hit the target, we came short of that target, Well, now in week two, we're going to have to do something different to get us back on track. So at the end of our 13 weeks, we're going to hit that target. And folks, I truly believe that's where our planning breaks down. When things happen, we don't ever reevaluate our plan and adjust for what we need to do to get back on track. And that's what the book taught me to do. And that's what I teach people to do when we do planning like this is we have to come up with weekly metrics of what we're going to do. And if we don't hit those, we have to adjust those weekly metrics. But just changing the number isn't what we're talking about here. We have to evaluate what's going on in our lives so we can adjust what our plan needs to be. Now, maybe that soccer game now has a bunch of playoff games that we weren't thinking about. We have to adjust for that. And if we do that each and every week, we can still adjust it to hit our target. Now, let's say you didn't hit your target because you spent three days binge watching a full house marathon on Netflix. Well, folks... Not much you can do about that. You're just not spending your time right, unless your goal was to watch all The Full House on Netflix. I think you get what I am saying. We're going to take what life is teaching us, we're going to apply that, and we're going to always reevaluate our plans. I do that on a weekly basis. I advise you to do that on a weekly basis and see where we are and make slight adjustments So we don't end up in the wrong place. So if we were off at three degrees when we took off at LAX and we made slight adjustments all the way, and by the way, that's what autopilot is doing when the planes are in the air, we're touching down on the destination because flight plans are continuously changing and headings are changing, but those little tiny changes Making sure that we're still going to the proper destination is the same mindset that we need to have when we are planning. The other item I want to bring up around planning is how much do you plan? And I know everybody gets excited in January. They're thinking, I have all these things I want to get done, and maybe they come up with 20 goals they want to get done this year. Folks, when it comes to goal planning, less is more. In that same book, they did a study, and that study was how many goals that were assigned to a particular person, I think they even did teams, and then how much either the person or the teams got accomplished. So, the first set was three to four goals over whatever the assigned period was. Most of the time, that team achieved three to four goals. They got those completed. Well, then they went and they assigned five to eight goals. On average, those teams and those individuals got zero to one of those done. And then they assigned nine or more and the teams they looked at got zero done. So I think what we can take from this is what are the most important things that we need to be working on? And then make sure we limit that to a small amount. Folks, three to four goals within a year from that data, that's still really hard to work on. And it looks like that's just enough. That's the Goldilocks number, it looks like, that we can get these things accomplished. That was a lot of information this episode. So let's do a quick recap. So start off thinking about what you learned from last year. And then look at why you accomplish what you accomplished and why you didn't accomplish the things that didn't get completed. Then think about all the things that you want to get completed this year. Again, our goal is less is more. And then take those items through the SMART tool. And SMART is specific, measurable, achievable, relevant, and time-bound. And then make sure that you never stop planning. You look at each and every week. You look at the metrics of the week. And if you're not on track, you make adjustments each and every week so you can make a course correction to find the destination that you said you wanted to achieve. Folks, I mentioned if you wanted the book 13 Week Year, that's scalinguph2o.com forward slash the number 13 week year. So that's all one word, 13 week year. But the reason I'm bringing this up again is I don't want you to not plan because you do not have this book. Yes, they do have some templates that makes things easier for you, but all you need to do is sit down and start planning and take in account everything that we talked about and start putting into execution. Folks, last week, we were talking about the 5-Minute Journal, and I know many of you have already started with the 5-Minute Journal, but with everything that we are talking about today, do you see how it is so important that we look at all the positive things that we have in our lives? And then when we look at what we accomplished each and every day and when we get up each and every day and figure out what we want to achieve that day, that's the mindset that the five-minute journal allows us to get in. And I tell you, it is the secret weapon when you're trying to achieve your goals and when you want to leave the house primed for looking for what is positive out there in life. So, if you want your own copy and I urge you to get a copy, you can go to an affiliate link that we have. It's scalinguph2o.com forward slash journal and you can get a copy of the five minute journal. Folks, I am so excited about 2020. Myself and the fine staff here at Scaling Up H2O. We've just planned our calendar. We've got so much exciting stuff that we're getting ready to bring to you, but we still have some holes that we need to fill. So if you out there in the Scaling Up Nation have a show idea or a guest that you want us to interview, please let us know. You can go to our show notes page on ScalingUpH2O.com and let us know any of those topics or any of those guests. Or if you want to ask me a question on Scaling Up H2O, right on our homepage, there'll be a leave voicemail button and you can leave your own voice asking me the question you want me to answer on the show. Folks, Thank you so much for listening to Scaling Up H2O. I'm so excited that it's a brand new year. It's going to be a great year for all of us. And I can't wait to talk to you next week on Scaling Up H2O.